0: Prepare your ears, humans. Happy, Sad,
1: Confused begins now.
0: Today on Happy, Sad, Confused, Josh Dallas reflects on his second hit series in a row from Once Upon a Time to Manifest. Hey guys, I'm Josh Horowitz, and welcome to another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused yes we have two joshes for the price of one on the podcast this week first time guest mr josh dowis so many of you guys will know josh of course from one of two things or maybe both of these things he was the prince charming of course on once upon a time the hit abc series which yes some of you might know i have a very deep personal connection to My brother, Adam Horowitz, was one of the creators of ONCE. So that leads me to my connection with Josh, both professionally and personally. I've gotten to know him through the years, and he is a delightful person to chat with and hang with. And this was a good excuse because he's on his second hit series in a row, Manifest. Guys, the Manifest story is amazing. Uh, Of course, many shows have been prematurely canceled and many shows have had fan bases that have rallied and tried to bring it back to life but not many of them have come back to life and have come back in the way that manifest has it is now on netflix season four the first batch of episodes is out right now the first 10 of a supersized final season and the early numbers are predictably huge when manifest first dropped on netflix after a run on nbc it became just a whole nother order of magnitude of a success um and now with the new episodes dropping um the the numbers as we tape this and i reference it in my conversation with josh are, are bananas so this is not a spoiler conversation so fear not if you haven't caught up on manifest including the new season uh we reference things that are happening in the new season and things that come but certainly nothing in the spoiler territory. Just a lot of fun teases. Uh, this this was great. As I said, I love talking to Josh. He um, is, of course, married to Jennifer Goodwin from Once Upon a Time fame. Um, they are one of the coolest couples out there. They love themselves some good TV, some good theme parks. They've just got good taste, good people, and it was fun reminiscing with Josh about everything From his early beginnings and how he fell into acting, um, how he got the gigs on Once and Thor and Manifest and his hopes for the future, including maybe a return to theater. Uh, This was also surprisingly his first, I think his first podcast, at least his first long form podcast. So for those of you that have been itching for the definitive Josh Dallas conversation, this might be it. At least so far, until our next chat. So um, you guys are going to enjoy this. I know you will. Um, Other things to mention before we dive into the Josh chat. uh, We do have another great event that we have announced coming up on November 29th in New York City. A live taping of Happy, Sad, Confused at the 92 NY with Adam Sandler. Yes, Adam Sandler. I don't need to sell it more than that, do I, guys? This includes a screening of his film. Hustle, followed by a live taping of Happy, Sad, Confused. There is no virtual option to watch this live. So if you want to be there, you got to be there. (laughs) You got to be there in person. So if you're in the New York area, get your tickets now. They're selling well as expected. Uh, It's going to be a great night. He's a legend. I can't wait to catch up with Adam Sandler. November 29th, 8 p.m. at the 92 NY. The link to buy tickets is in the show notes. Uh, What else can I mention? Well, the the usual plugs. If you want to watch this conversation with Josh, go to youtube.com slash Josh Horowitz. That's where we put up all the new episodes of Happy, Sad, Confused and some old episodes too. Uh, If you want early access to everything, to the podcast, to game nights, to videos, discount codes. If you're the hardcore, diehard Josh Horowitz, Happy, Sad, Confused fan, you know what to do patreon.com slash happy sad confused all that info is in the show notes okay oh speaking by the way of perks for patreons sometimes we do live episodes virtually and that's what this was so here's you'll hear some references to the live aspect of this taping it was viewable to patreon folks but now it's going to be available to all you'll hear some questions from the audience all that kind of fun stuff goes along with the patreon stuff so um that's enough context i think enjoy this chat catch up on manifest catch up by the way on once it's on disney plus um and i know you guys are going to enjoy this i certainly did here's me and josh dallas officially finally josh dallas is on happy Sad confused we've we've comic conned we've game nighted but we've never podcasted my friend it's so good to see you are you ready for this experience it's
1: so good to see you i don't know if i'm ready for this uh, for this experience but um i'm loving this experience so far <laughs> 30 one seconds in it's josh. okay okay great yeah yeah 30 seconds in but it's it's one of my favorites and I, it's an honor to be here josh
0: uh it's an honor to have you we we, we go way back um you're you're i feel like i'm part you of the family Um, for those, uh, this is full disclosure as if this is going to be like a big probing interview, but, uh, Josh (laughs) first knew a different Horowitz, my brother, Adam, who was the co-showrunner EP of a little show called, uh, once upon a time. Um, and, and then I got to know you, I guess like our history, I probably first met you at one of the crazy comic cons in San
1: Diego. I got to think, right? One hundred percent. In fact, didn't you, did you, you did some panels for us, right? Didn't you? You know, they never had moderated the the interviews,
0: just interviews. You in 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 dare a,
1: you need to talk to your brother about that.
0: It would have been. You know we what? We should have had to. No, it was the <laughs> couple times I had it to been interview weird for you, my brother. And Adam. I didn't like it. I didn't enjoy it. It felt weird. It
1: felt wrong. Wait, but, but he did such a great interview on the podcast.
0: Thank you. He did. We did. We had a very sweet one after our dad he passed, did. and we reminisced about our our, our yeah. how we came to love movies and TV as much as we did. Uh, that one worked, but in, in comic con circumstances, yeah. no. But I did always enjoy um, nerding out with you guys, having fun, playing silly games. Um, Colin, uh, I feel like, still thinks that the high point of his career is beating you at a at game night.
1: It, you know what? It is the high point of his career, and he can hold on to it. <laughs> Colin O'Donoghue is the greatest, and I love him with all my heart. <laughs>
0: Fair enough. So let's get, okay, let's, let's catch on.
1: He's a regular, he's a regular, he's a regular of the podcast.
0: He, well, he's done the pod, he did the podcast once and then he's done game night. I can't keep him away
1: from game night. I mean, the dude is like obsessed. Yeah, he's obsessed (laughs) with, you know, holding out on his honor. He, he needs to defend his honor. That's right.
0: That's right. Um, let's There's a lot to cover. Okay. So beyond just reminiscing, I do want to talk about a bunch of really cool things going on. I'm catching you at a really cool moment as we tape this manifest is back and it's as you know as was hoped as was predicted i literally just saw the numbers 57 million people watching it in the first three days i mean this is this is a good story this is not the usual story how are you feeling um delivering this first part of the final season seeing the response as positive as it is
1: uh i couldn't be more happy. I couldn't be filled with more gratitude about how it's turned out. Uh, The story of this show, um, much like the characters in the show, we were resurrected and brought back in such a great way on Netflix. And yeah, today we were just told we are number one worldwide, uh, uh, 57 million hours streamed. It's just, it's incredible. And I'm just so, um, humbled that um, our fans have, you know, embraced the show in the way that they have, and and they're they're digging season four. So, it, it,
0: in brief, I mean, like, okay, the encapsulated version is the show was, I guess, officially canceled for a hot second by NBC, and then yeah. around that time, Netflix had debuted the the first seasons, and it found this whole huge new audience. And of course, they pick it up for the super size twenty-episode season. So, a few questions about that. First, in just making these final episodes, is there kind of like a weight off your shoulders because you you know it's the end and you know the audience is there? Like, the, like Netflix has shown, like they are gonna come out and enjoy this. So, like, what was the vibe like in season four versus the first three? Did it feel like a whole, whole different kind of thing, or what?
1: I mean. It, it, there wasn't a weight listed. In fact, I, I, I think I probably put more weight on my back uh, for it because I wanted to make sure that we made the most of this opportunity with the right. last season. There was a different idea going into the last season because we knew that we, got to, we, we were going to be able to finish it. We were able to tell the story of these characters and give the audience uh, the answer to that main question: What happened to these passengers on Flight 828? So that was a great motivator. But you know, we all wanted to make this season the best one that we possibly could. So I think, I mean, I can only speak for me personally that I put more weight on my shoulders to um, do the best job that I could um, with honoring the story and this character. And it was just, you know. It, it was it was a real honor to go back into it, you know because you know i I start season four, I have this massive beard, and we we jokingly call it you know Ben's grease beard, but it was actually Josh's grease beard because I started growing it when we were cancelled after season three. I started growing it, and then of course, Netflix picked us up and we were coming back, and Jeff Rake saw it, and he goes, We could use that, we can use that beard, so keep growing it, so I just kept growing it. So it turned into Josh from Josh's grief beard to Ben's grief beard. But go. it 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 seemed to fit in with where he was, you know, mentally within the story.
0: Right. Are you more proud of the the beard this season or your directing debut?
1: <laughs> uh I mean, I think the beard, it was a big achievement <laughs> for me. I've never grown a beard that big in my life. And uh it was hard work, Josh. Yeah. No, it was hard a lot work. of concentration. I had a lot of support though. Yeah. A lot of concentration. It was so hard. I did you know, get every razor out of the house. I couldn't walk into a CVS and pass, you know, the, the, the shaving cream aisle and and the razor aisle. It, it, it was a trigger. It right. Was a trigger for me. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I got through it. I got through it. Thank you for asking.
0: What did you yeah, know? it's so, so it's a tough uh, situation. How about the family? Were they supportive? Jenny and the kids? What do they think of Joshua Jenny is
1: overly supportive of the beard. Uh, she really, really likes the beard, uh, a little <laughs> too much. If you, it's uh, like if it's you like she's me, married but... a new guy. She's like, Oh, wait, I got a, a bonus husband. <laughs> I think, I think that's what it was. It was she liked it so much because I looked so different. So, you know, let's not unpack that, that too much. The... Yeah. Let's not pack that out. It's for the therapist next week. <laughs>
0: I'm seeing. What okay? What but, about, I do? Yeah, I did. I did mention the directing. Congratulations. That's a that's a big thing. Yeah. I know that had been on Thank your you. mind for a bit. Um, when push came to shove, like when you got on set, did it feel like this was a natural fit? You were ready and you were happy with what happened with how it went down.
1: I mean, I'm super super proud of it. And you know, when I was on set, it, it felt like I knew more than I thought. And I learned so much more, and I have so much more to learn, but I loved it, and I loved every second of it, and I loved that cast, and I loved that crew, and they all supported me in such a great way, and I loved that I was able to have this 360-degree view of the story, and a, a story that means so much to me, and I was just so Grateful that I got to play in that arena and to contribute to our story in that kind of way Um, Yeah, as you said, I've been wanting to do it for a long time, you know You know even back going back to the once days, you know, I always was so um, Taken with it and interested in it and wanted to know more and, and just watched and learned and absorbed as much as I could you know, during all the all those days and, and, and even in the first three seasons of Manifest, we Jeff Rake and I were talking about me directing in the third season. But of course, when we started the third season, it was the beginning of uh, of COVID. Right. And we didn't know how anything was going to work on set, if we were going to have a full crew or not. And there was just too many unknowns. And I didn't want to go into my first time directing with uh, a, a handicap uh, or a possible handicap. so. I was glad we were able to make it happen in the fourth season and, and Netflix was so supportive and I'm really proud of the episode and I think we get to tell a story that we don't normally tell uh, with our characters in manifest and I think we were able to tell a story with one particular character um, and show that character in a light that we've never seen him before and um, I just, I loved it. I loved it and I can't wait to do more. So there's so much discussion.
0: And as you alluded to kind of like how to end a show and you're no stranger to this. And we've seen this many times with the best shows in the history of TV, no one is excluded. Whether you're Sopranos or Lost (laughs) or Seinfeld, they don't give a shit. If it doesn't end right, they're gonna (laughs) gonna tear you apart. So (laughs) how are you feeling? Yes. we don't we're not there yet but we're going to be there soon when it drops yeah. are you like stealing yourself do you have confidence that people are going to be happy enough satisfied enough what's your what's your take
1: i have total confidence you know jeff rake has had this ending in his head since the very beginning and he's delivered on it and i think it is absolutely the right ending for all of these characters and for the story. And I think the audience is gonna be um, super satisfied with it. Okay. All right, so let's talk yeah. also,
0: not only the, the just like the general public loves this show, but I noticed like Stephen King apparently is a manifestor. That's pretty damn cool. He is a manifestor.
1: It's so cool. It blows my mind. I mean, this is arguably one of the, you know, greatest writers of our time and he's just you know sitting at home tweeting about television and it's amazing and i've saved every single one of his tweets about manifest <laughs> and he is a he's a true manifester this guy and what is, uh, yeah, yeah we're honored we're honored that he's a part of it <laughs>
0: it's amazing and i feel like i've seen that again on the periphery you've seen that about once over the years i think i think william shatner was and is a once fan once.
1: yeah wow. absolutely was there yeah, which one? Which one is the captive? I, exactly.
0: Which one has? Are, are those the two that have blown you away? Am I missing any? Like, what's one that 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 came up over the years for once? Oh well, manifest? for
1: Manifest, we've had you know the Kardashians have you know posted about uh, Manifest a lot. Uh, we just saw Carrie Underwood just posted last night about it that it was on and she was excited that it was coming back. Yeah, uh, you know, there's been a lot of people that we just wouldn't have expected come out of the woodwork. So hey. We welcome them all, Josh. We welcome uh, them all.
0: You, look, you've you've been in the business for a bit now, and you know—I know you're a smart man. You know that this does not happen often. You've been on two series that really have a, a very unique, passionate fan base that does not happen very often. Um, clearly, the X Factor is who I'm staring at. It's the Josh Dallas Factor. <laughs> Hire this man. If you I don't know won. about that. Well, but I mean, give me a perspective on like, so when you got into, I mean, did it blow your mind that like it did that lightning did strike again with manifest coming off of once, which you again, must've known could have been a once in a lifetime experience. And you're like, Oh wait, I get another one.
1: Yeah. You know, I, first of all, you know, I feel so uh, lucky that that's been the case with me, that I've had these two shows that I've been able to be a part of for many, many seasons. And it is rare, and, um, I have such gratitude about it. Um, but, you know, I think I'm attracted to that storytelling, these big swings, these big ideas that are grounded in something very sort of real, and I remember You know, I remember reading Once Upon a Time and reading that pilot script and loving it and loving the idea so, so much. But thinking either this is going to go forever or the pilot will never get picked up. And I think that that idea made me want to do it even more. And I think Manifest was the same way, had a lot of the same kind of qualities in the storytelling of it. And it was this big idea that was based in something and grounded in something very real, this family drama. And I liked it. I I love that kind of storytelling. And I thought the same thing. I like it. Um, It's either going to go big or it's not going to get picked up at all. And uh, I guess that's the formula that I've got to go to, that I've got to go to for the rest of my career. Now, you know, it's, as long as i respond to it and i like it and i like the storytelling and it's a character that i want to sort of um, dig into then i think that's all you can do and just trust your own gut and just hope because as you were as you were saying you never know you never know with these things you never know if a show's going to go it can have you know all the best ingredients that you could ever hope or wish for and for whatever reason it just doesn't catch on and um, I'm just, I, I'm so, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that, you know, the audience clicked into it and, and grabbed onto these characters and wanted to go on the ride with us. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of those fans in the beginning were original onceers that came in and became manifestors. So um, I guess we all kind of like the same kind of storytelling.
0: Well, not to mention there's also the flip side of it which is that weird devil's bargain that actors often make inadvertently where like they sign on to a show and you find yourself like you're successful you're making money but you're like six years into a show 10 years into a show then you're like this is a job this is not something this is not the people the life i want and like not only were these shows that resonated but by all accounts you like the people you work with, you like the material. And that's, that's almost Uh, the, the, the greatest luck, the greatest gift.
1: And it, it is the greatest gift. And I think that, you know, for us, you know, for, and as far as I'm concerned, that that is kind of all we have is the experience of making whatever it is you're making, you know, whether you're, you know, a painter or a dancer or an actor or a musician. It's about the making of that is the most important thing to me and that experience of being creative. Um, and I I lightning struck twice. I got it, you know, twice with one upon yeah. a time in manifest. So let's hope it keeps going. I'm just gonna have to tell my agents, look, I only do hits. Yeah,
0: this is my only criteria. Sorry guys. You do better. <laughs>
1: Sorry, guys. <laughs> yeah, I only do hits, so bring me that. But uh, may that luck continue. But yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's it's been um, it's been a great experience so far, and and I hope it continues.
0: Okay, so let's let's go backward. You know, as if you listen to the podcast, you know we do a little bit of a career kind of chat and background, and I always like to hear about how folks sure. grew up and their influences. Yeah. So, who you we're roughly the same age, despite all appearances. Um, so we probably have some similar reference
1: points. (laughs) What, what were you obsessed with I have a lot of ring. I have a lot of ring lights on me right now. (laughs) I have a big one. It's doing nothing (laughs) for me. (laughs) Yeah.
0: yeah. (laughs) Okay. So what were you, were you like from the start, if I had visited the Dallas home at eight or nine years old, were you a theatrical kid? Were you obsessed with TV and, and film? Like, what were you like?
1: You know, it's interesting. You know, I was thinking about this the other day and my cinematic uh, upbringing was really strange and really eclectic. And I was definitely watching movies for the first time that I should not have been watching at the age that I saw them. So we had a Betamax. And you're old enough to know what a Betamax is. We we were probably, we were the only family that I knew of that had a Betamax. And uh, so we had a lot of tapes Um, movies on those things. And I grew up in, you know, I was born in Louisville, Kentucky, and I grew up right across the Ohio River in a southern Indiana river town called New Albany, Indiana, which is uh, my hometown and the greatest place in the world. And I still love going back and visiting as much as I can. And I still have a lot of great friends there. But nobody else had a Betamax. (laughs) And it seems like nobody else in America had a Betamax. And, you know, they didn't laugh. But anyway, we had, my father had movies on there, and I can't remember my first cinematic experience as in going to the cinema for the first time, but I do remember watching movies at home, and it was a real mixed bag of movies. My, the first movie that I remember watching over and over and over again was Superman, 1978. I watched it over and over again. I loved it. But then it went into, and this must have been around six or seven uh, years old. And then I remembered, this, and there's images that I still can't get out of my head of John Carpenter's The Thing. Yes. <laughs> Way too young to be watching that. Um, also, uh, um, what else was there? There was, there was Superman, The Thing I remember I, I a lot of Monty Python, The Life of Brian, Holy Grail. I remember watching those, The Meaning of Life. Uh, I watched those a lot, probably still too young to be watching those things. And uh, Time Bandits and also um, that great, the great um, Terry Gilliam movie, um, Help Me Out. Wait, uh, help, uh, me out. Uh, help me uh, out, help me out,
0: The Baron Munchausen, that's later. No, a Time Bandit. Uh, no, very early. Wait, what am I thinking? Uh, I'm blocking two, I am blocking too. i do not know. No, maybe it's
1: Time Bandits.
0: Time ba- Time Bandits is the first movie I remember seeing in a theater. It came out like around 81 or 82, so, and it's probably-
1: Yeah. Well, we had that on Betamax, so that's one of the first movies that I remember watching. So, yeah. right, it was an eclectic mix. It was yeah. a mix of crazy, and then, then thrown in there was like platoons. <laughs> And then, So Perfect. that was like my first, yeah, my first, I, I mean, I can remember my brother and I, we used to have a uh, a tape cassette. I mean, we're really aging. We're really aging myself now. The, 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 hooked up to the television and we used to record the dialogue from Platoon. And and this TV show that we used to watch uh, called Tour of Duty. Do you remember the TV uh, show? Vaguely. I definitely, no.
0: it's in there somewhere. I do. Yeah. I do.
1: Yeah, another army, you know, set in Vietnam about this platoon. And uh, we used to record dialogue from that. And of course, my brother and I, Jason, he's five years older than I was. We used to dress up, you know, full army fatigue, face paint and, you know, do that dialogue around in the yard and pretend we were uh, in some uh, foxhole in in Vietnam. But yeah, that was my sort of still, Still basically doing that, exactly. and so that was my sort of the beginnings of my cinematic knowledge was this really eclectic, strange, mixed bag of movies. But I love them, and I wasn't really a TV watcher from from when I was little. I was mostly outside a lot, but I remember, you know, watching every week, you know, The Cosby Show and, you know, you know, The Facts of Life and, and Silver Spoons and shows like that. But um, I wasn't a real avid television watcher back then. Um, I am now. And I love TV. It's my favorite thing in the entire world. I want to just keep doing it as an actor. I think it it, it leaves open so many possibilities, not only for story, but for character and character development that you don't get anywhere else. And I just think that's so exciting. And I can't, I just want to keep doing that. But my mother was a local dance teacher uh, at the local dance school in town. And of course, so I was around it all the time. And I was always going and being roped into dance recitals. And, and, you know, I would have to dress up like some sort of you know, mascots for the recital, whether it be like, a, 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 like a, a painter or Prince Charming. I was that one time. I was, you know, little foreshadowing there, or I was a gigantic pink elephant at one point. Sure. So I was around sort of the stage. And then I discovered, um, you know, doing theater in school. And that was in elementary school around fifth grade. And, you know, I was the jack in the box in this play called Aesop's Fallibles, and I never looked back. (laughs) I'm jack in the box, the morals I keep. That was my first line ever. Oh my God, amazing. (laughs) And that hooked me, that hooked me. So then I found, yeah, I found the theater and I never looked back. And um, yeah, that's what I did all through school. And I had a great, for whatever reason, that area had three great high schools that had three great performing uh performing arts programs and then, right. then I just uh ate it up ate it up so he, here's what I'm
0: fascinated by uh, I'm always fascinated by like the timing of someone's like career and kind of when the shift happens and when they kind of get the big break etc like if I'm doing the math like I'm curious about like your 20s like what did you spend most of your 20s doing because once and Thor you know, arguably the big breaks the ones where we first really got to know you you're what you're probably 30 early thirties then. So like, was there a lot of, are the twenties, a period of a lot of struggle, a lot of training, a lot of near misses. Like I know it's hard to encapsulate a decade, but talk to me a little bit about what that period in your life was about.
1: Yeah, sure. I mean, when I was 18, I left my, my little Southern Indy, Southern Indiana town in new Albany and went to London, England. And I got this, you know, I was super lucky. I got this scholarship to train at a British drama school called Mountview in in London and, I, you know, for three years. And I went and I, I went when I was 18 and I stayed for 13 years and I did a, a lot of theater all through my 20s. You know, I my first job was with the Royal Shakespeare Company doing a musical. We did um, The Secret Garden which was this great, you know, Broadway musical by Lucy Simon and Marcia Norman and I did that in in the West End. You know, I worked at the the National Theater, I worked in all these great theaters. And that's what I always wanted to do. You know, yeah. I always wanted to do stage. You know, the thought of, you know, back when I was in high school, the thought of doing television or film never really even entered my mind. It was I was just Full on theater nerd, and that's all I wanted to do, and uh, so that's what I trained in, and so I did a lot of for that decade that the lost years we'll call them. <laughs> wow. I was sort of you know you know working working in the theater, and 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 I was very lucky, and um, worked with some incredible actors at some incredible places, and some of the you know the greatest theater companies in the world, and. Um, I can't wait to get back to the stage. But then I found, and then, but then I started doing more television and film over there. And my first ever television role was on Doctor Who. I was basically, I look like a. You're node spoon. two. And I was, thank you very much. <laughs> node two. I think it. Yeah. A very huge, pivotal part, oh. of course. But in a really great episode of of Doctor Who called Silence in the Library. And uh, I still get residual checks from that particular episode, but that was my first thing. I was this floating spoon. And from that moment on, I thought, this is what I want to do. I want (laughs) to, I want to do filming, even though I was a floating spoon. I love it. Um, But, and then then it just, I started doing more TV and film over there and, and falling in love with it. And that sort of led me. Back to the United States and, and and back to LA when I was so, as you when I was thirty. You were right about those dates. So what? So before once, is there
0: an audition, a near miss, a like oh this is going to be the one that's going to change my life that you came close to that you can pinpoint that like you have pinned all your hopes and dreams on?
1: Uh, yes, absolutely. And the movie, okay, the movie was and you'll remember this, John Carter from Mars directed by Andrew Stanton. It was yep. going to be the great Pixar director. It was going to be his first live action movie. And I was in London and I was, you know, living there and I was working. I I, I was doing a play at the time. I can't, I think it was, I was doing a play called um, On the Town at the English National Opera, a musical by Winter Bernstein. And uh, I, this these auditions came through town, right? and i auditioned of course like you know most of england and then i ended up testing for it as we call it you know i tested with andrew and and everybody flew in and and uh, I, of course you know i didn't get it i didn't get it and i was devastated i was devastated but what it did uh what it did for me was at the time there was uh a casting director at Disney called Marsha Ross, who said, you know, you should really come out to LA. You know, I think it would be really good for you and and sort of, you know, set me up with an agent to meet and, you know, all that stuff. And so I came over to LA and uh, that was it. So it was John, but John Carter of Mars, of course, famously, you know, it didn't turn out the way that I think right. uh, Andrew Stanton wished it would have but and you know Taylor did that did that Taylor kitsch did that part and you know, he was brilliant for that part but that was the first one that was the first one that I really really wanted. But of course it didn't happen, but of course there's been many of those things, many right. of those
0: things. Any actor worth their salt has <laughs> dozens of those stories and that's a good one. Um, we, uh, yeah. the, t- the time's flying by, so let's talk a little once, because once obviously oh. okay. is just the gift that keeps on giving <laughs> and and has been yeah. a gift for you in many respects. Um, yeah. I mean, look, obviously, look, you're living with a sir, a, a once alum, um, and it must yeah. be a fascinating thing like, when you look back on the early episodes between you and Ginny, do you see the the seeds of a relationship? Do you see each of you making googly eyes at each other? Do you recall
1: a little bit of that? Yeah, I mean, I think we're taking method acting to another level. I mean, we're really living it. We're really living uh, those characters' lives. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I can't help but see those, that connection between her and I. And, you know, first of all, you know, Jennifer Goodwin is a brilliant actress, one of our great actresses, and she could have chemistry with a brick wall. So, you know, it wasn't, I don't think it, it had anything particularly to do with me, but, you know, I can see the connection between us and between those two characters. And, um, of course you know it was a connection that was deeper than just going to work every day and playing those two characters you know and we you know we're we're still here we're still here we're still going strong and and two kids later and you know that show was a gift in so so many ways and not only professionally but you know personally and um you know, it's one of those things. It was meant to be, right? It was just, yeah. it was meant to happen. And I was meant to meet all those people who had become, you know, friends for life, your brother included. And, uh, you know, I couldn't imagine my life without it. And uh, it was just such a special time and a special show. And A special show that Eddie and Adam created that connected with so many people and still, as you said, to this day, the gift that keeps on giving and now we're on, you know, Disney Plus and it's still going strong and still finding new fans and a new audience. and, and, And that's always an amazing thing to walk around and, and people come up to me and say, oh, I just started watching Once Upon a Time, and that just blows my mind because, yeah. you know, I feel so, I feel, I, I'm a little older now, and I just think, God, if I were ever to put on those leathers again, it wouldn't be so attractive.
0: <laughs> I was gonna say, do you have it in storage? Do you have it ready if called upon? Are you ready? Maybe,
1: maybe, <coughs> maybe it's not so much in storage. Maybe it's quite handy to grab. Oh my God. <laughs> It's a Saturday night. We do have in the house and yeah, you know what we do have in the house, which I don't understand why it's in the house, but we have the dark one dagger for our for all you oncers out there. We have a dark one dagger somewhere in the house. I don't know where it is, but it's a little freaky. Yeah. Yeah. Is that and I don't even know how it got here.
0: Do you trot that out when the kids are being bad, like Dad's got the Dark One Dagger. I, well, I would if
1: I could find it. I would if I could find it, but it's it's somewhere lost in the house. So oh, I'm ready God. to to be found again. But yeah, we have a dark one dagger here, which is That's pretty wild. Alarming. Who okay, who in the house uh <laughs>
0: loves loves uh theme parks the most between the, the two kids, you and Jenny? Who's the, the
1: theme park uh freak? One hundred percent Jennifer Goodwin. She, and she's at a theme park right now, Josh. Of course she is. Of course she is. She's a, she's at Universal. <laughs> oh, we've got some we've got some noise happening, Josh. Is that okay? <laughs>
0: That's okay. It's real life. It's okay.
1: Okay. It's um, real life. It's real life. Wow.
0: So what's what's your secret to enjoying a theme park? With I mean, are you just sort of grinning and bearing it,
1: or do you get a kick out of it too? Oh, I get a kick out of it, too. I mean, the first time that I ever went to Disneyland was with Jennifer Goodwin when I was like 35 years old. That was the first time I'd ever been.
0: And it was the best
1: day of my life. It was amazing. We had a great that you just have to sort of give yourself over to it and uh, just go along with whatever Jenny says. Dude, I did did see,
0: (laughs) I did see, speaking of theme parks and franchises and stuff, I think I saw an old Instagram post, and I don't know if these are new figures or you found your old ones, you had the OG Star Wars figures out. Were those yours from childhood? Or did you buy Uh, like-
1: To be honest, I did have those figures from childhood, but who knows what happened to them. So we bought the whole set. We bought the whole set with the carrying case, the Darth Vader carry, they're amazing. the boys were into them and now they're, it's all Pokemon. Right now it's all Pokemon, <laughs> no. but they were, but we have them, they're safe. Some of them are in plastic bags. They're kind of beautiful.
0: <laughs> what, do you, what, what do you guys watch? <laughs> what, are the, what are the TV shows that you watch together? The TV show you need to watch apart? What are you obsessed with? What's your bag?
1: Well, you, you know, we watch, we do watch a lot of shows apart. She, my My wife is obsessed with anything on PBS. And if it is a murder mystery of any kind, she loves it. And if it's uh, Agatha Christie, then that that's all the better. She needs one of those, like, she needs way. to, like,
0: solve a murder a week. She needs a series like that. She needs to, like, be the heir apparent to well, Lansbury. Come on.
1: At, Absolutely, that's what I've told her. And, you know, eh, watch this space. That's all okay. I gotta say about that. <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, it, she would be perfect for that. And it is her love and it's what she loves. So I'll watch some of those with her every now and then. Uh, but, you know, we'll watch The Crown together. We're watching uh, White Lotus together. We're wa- uh, we will be watching The Crown tomorrow. She loves Manifest. She loves Manifest. So she's watching that. <laughs> Um, White Lotus, The Bear, Oh, I love good The Bear. Yeah, that was great. Um, we don't watch that together. Um, what else? Uh, Euphoria, I loved. I thought that was exceptional television, exceptional, um, uh, cinematography. Yeah. Uh, the character development in Euphoria was just amazing. I love that. Uh, yeah, there's a lot out there we're watching. All right. I haven't got into, uh, I haven't started watching Andor yet, but I hear that's incredible.
0: I'm behind. I know. I need to like sit down and like really, because everyone's saying it's the best Star Wars in yeah. years, and I need that in my in my system. All right, let's. Uh, we 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 have a bunch of questions. And what
1: oh, I was just going to say, and what's fun now is my sons are watching the Marvel movies, now, oh, so we're working our way through the Marvel movies.
0: Right, but but they're out after the first Thor. They're like, wait, what happened to my fanrel? My guy's yeah. gone. Where
1: is the Where is? Oh, that was such a heartbreaking thing. But that was also another once upon a time thing. Yeah. You know, I was yeah. all geared up to do the rest of those movies. But of course, you know, you know, Patty Jenkins was always going to direct that second movie. And we went in and we had a, you know, costume fitting. It was going to fit right into the hiatus between the first season of Once and the second season of Once. And then of course, you know, Patty pulled out. Alan Taylor came in and then pushed the whole movie and we just couldn't make it work with that schedule. But um you know, maybe I'll find my way back to the uh, Marvel Universe at some there's, point.
0: There's plenty of characters out there. All right, we're going to run through a bunch of these. Uh, let's <laughs> yeah. see. Uh, Liliana wants to know, is th- is this indeed Manifest's last season? Is that done deal? Like, is there did Jeff Netflix leave any room for future uh, Manifest?
1: I think it is done. And this story, this part of the story is done. But that doesn't mean that there couldn't be a sequel or prequel maybe, I'm not for sure, in its future maybe, I don't know. I don't know (laughs) of anything happening, but anything's possible. Okay, okay.
0: Uh, Angela wants to know, we talked about the amazingly talented Jennifer Goodwin, any hopes, plans for a future collaboration? Do you guys talk about it? Do you try to develop ideas together? What's your attitude about Uh,
1: that? Yeah. yeah, we would love to work together again. You know, as long as the the project seems right and and the, and the characters seem right, we would love to work together again. Yeah. Do people do fans freak out when they see you out in the wild together?
0: I bet they do. I bet they're like, wait, them, what? They, <laughs> yeah, it's
1: yeah, they can't quite believe it. And some of them who don't know that we're together really can't. They're like, <laughs> it blows their mind. They're like, wait, you mean you're you're together in in, in real life? Yeah. They can't quite but amazing
0: yeah. performance art um let's see mary yeah. wants to know if you weren't an actor uh, what would you be another profession what do you think
1: uh oh i w- would have loved to have been a, a, an orchestra conductor
0: okay um Alyssa. Alyssa wants to know your favorite scene to film of season four part one maybe without it for the folks that haven't seen it not ruining too much but can you uh... favorite scene yeah favorite scene
1: Oh wow, um, um, I, I don't know about a scene in particular because there's so many great ones. The writers just gave us such rich stuff to play. There's so many great scenes that I love, but I think the episode, that, there's two episodes that I love filming in, in the most in this part one, which was the first one and um, the fifth one, 405. They're just great, rich, exciting, uh, emotional episodes to film. And uh, yeah, I like those, those those two the most.
0: Does, does Ben get to, I've, I've only seen the first few episodes of the new season. Does Ben smile again before all is said and done, or is it just 20 episodes of <laughs> Sad Face?
1: <laughs> It it, it starts to creep in. It starts to creep in towards the end, and you'll see see a lot more of it in part two.
0: Okay. Uh, A couple folks want to know, and I was going to ask this myself, Alyssa wants to know, Angela wants to know about going back to the theater and Broadway. So you obviously said you're now a creature of TV. You love the rewards of that, but obviously we've heard your roots are in the theater. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Oh, I, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if it was, yes, I would go back in a, in a heartbeat and do something on stage again. I miss it. And uh, I love it. It's my first love. And uh, it's, you know, you, you've you all heard actors talk about how it is such an um, important thing for an actor to do. And it just feeds us in such a different way than TV and film. And, um, yeah, I'd love to get back to it
0: musical play anything specific in mind what's in your heart if you could green light a show tomorrow
1: oh wow uh, probably uh probably a musical i would probably uh, yeah a musical A jason robert brown musical would be kind of great
0: you're due for have you i feel like i've i should know this have you sung on camera have i seen you sing in
1: i uh on once upon a time oh, once we did, you did, did a musical episode, did the musical episode. Yes, yes i think in Season six. Yeah. So, yeah, you can hear me screeching away
0: on that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what auto-tune's for. No, you got the chops. You know what you're doing. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, this flew by, man. Congratulations. So, well, we, we discovered, actually, we I were chinching before we did this. I know that, like, Josh has never done the deep dive conversation. So this is just, we're going to do more. We're going to do this again. Um, but I appreciate being like I can't wait. the guy that got you for the first long form podcast, finally overdue. Um, it's always good to see you, buddy. We don't see each other in person enough. Hopefully we'll get a chance to get a drink or food at some point. I'll go to a theme park with you anytime I'm available. Um, my best to the Let's family um, and congratulations, honestly, on, on the new season. It's so exciting to see, you know, we've seen so many shows cut short and prematurely in the wrong way. And, the fact that this one gets to wrap up on your own terms. It's a, like we said before, it's a gift. So enjoy this last ride.
1: Yeah.
0: And um, and thanks as always, buddy. Thanks, Josh. It was great to see you, man. And so ends another edition of Happy, Sad, Confused. Remember to review, rate, and subscribe to this show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm a big podcast person. I'm Daisy Ridley, and I definitely wasn't supposed to do this by Josh. <laughs> <laughs>